With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And normally I say this is your early morning podcast, but the Monday shows are going to be airing at noon Eastern time. We want to let fans get a little bit, uh, digest that post-game podcast that we do before we actually throw out the Let's Ride. But I have a lot to talk about today. The Pittsburgh Steelers were victorious in week two. They beat the Denver Broncos 26-21 to in Heinz Field. Can I first, before I even talk about this game, I just want to get this off my chest. Can anyone at, whether it's ESPN, NBC, Fox, CBS, can we please stop with the fake crowd noise? Oh my gosh, it is driving me insane. Albert Breer of Monday Morning Quarterback on Twitter, he basically summed it up, I thought, perfectly. He said that the fake crowd noise is it feels like it's tricking fans. You're watching the game and all of a sudden you hear this, this fake roar and anyone that's watched football for any duration of time, when you hear that roar, it's a late flag. It is something going on, like pushing and shoving after the play. It's driving me insane. It literally has me on edge more than I already am with the Steelers. And I I just think it's so fake. I would rather hear the players more. And I understand with hot mics and cursing and all that stuff, I'm pretty sure the game's probably on a delay anyways. But still, that fake crowd noise, it was worse on Monday Night Football in week one against the Giants, but I still thought it was bad 
on CBS in week two. I, I just want to say that because I just, my gosh, it's so annoying. And it's it's really, it, it brings up another point that maybe I'll talk about on Wednesday, and that is, you look at Dallas. I was watching highlights this, <clears throat> this morning. I'm recording this Monday morning, so I wanted to give myself the the evening and the night to kind of digest everything before I recorded my show. I was watching highlights, and you, you see Dallas with that improbable comeback against the Atlanta Falcons where they receive, they get the onside kick and kick a field goal to win it. They have like 21,000 fans there. And now I know that's 21,000 compared to what they normally hold, which is a hundred thousand in that stadium. But it, it, is it unfair for Dallas to have fans and Pittsburgh not to have fans? That's something maybe we'll bring up. It's something to think about something to, you know, conjure up in your brain a little bit today, but let's get to this game. I thought that the Steelers, we're searching a lot in this game, searching for answers, searching for an identity. But you know what it came down to? As I watched the replay of the game, it came down to missed opportunities. It came down to missed opportunities. I mean, think about it. You think about those, those key plays in the game. You know, Joe Hayden's interception. Steelers drive down. They're, on, they're, they're inside the five-yard line, have to settle for a field goal. Ah, it's frustrating, but that's okay. We get the ball at the start of the third quarter. Steelers get the third the, their third quarter kickoff. Ray Ray McLeod has a great return. A great return. No one's talking about this guy. We brought him up in the post-game podcast. Make sure you check that out if you haven't yet. Ray Ray McLeod has a great return, gives the, the Steelers their best starting field position of the day. And what what happens? What that what happens? Interception. You start the third quarter, horrible interception by Ben Roethlisberger. The ball looked like it floated on him. I don't know. It was a horrible decision, horrible execution, interception, and a healthy return. Next thing you know, you're given a team life. So when you think about it, everything that was, well, okay, they didn't score a touchdown on the goal line. Um, they'll kick a Boswell field goal. We'll get the ball the third, qu- third quarter. So think about that. Flip the script, though. Denver, they stop you on the goal line. They hold you to a field goal. We're still in this thing. Third quarter comes. Interception. Here we go. Momentum starting to swing. That was the that was the t- the turning of the tide, in my opinion. And so then you even go a little bit further. Pittsburgh continues to put up points, and right when you're thinking this game is over, it's iced. I, the Steelers score a touchdown. The next play, the, I'm sorry, the next drive for the Broncos, safety. The punter drops the ball. Derek Watt tackles him in the end zone. Ball goes out of the back of the end zone. It's a safety. And you're thinking this is it. Ball game. Chalk up another win. They did that, but not before Benny Snell on the first play after that safety gives it right back to the Broncos. So as much as I say the team is searching for an identity, which I do think they are, we'll get to that in a second, I ultimately think that this team shot themselves in the foot multiple times on Sunday, it, it was it was blatantly obvious, especially when you go back and actually think about it. Look, look at the game offensively. If if you take away those two turnovers, and I know that the Steelers have turned the ball over now in twenty five straight games. Think about that; they have had a turnover in twenty five straight games. So you almost have to say, well, if it weren't for those turnovers, well, they're probably going to turn it over at least once a game. But my goodness, if you just take away one of those, totally different outcome. Totally different outcome. And this is not to put all the blame and all the onus for the subpar play on the offense. Because the defense certainly, yeah, the the numbers look great. Seven sacks, 
19 quarterback hits, I think 11 tackles for losses. It, it was, they were all over what, whoever quarterback was at there. Drew Locke, Driscoll, didn't matter. They were all over them. But at what price? When, when you consider the fact that, okay, we're, they're going to sell out to blitz the quarterback. Awesome. When you get the sacks. But when Driscoll starts you know, hitting Noah Fant down the down the seam and, and throwing great passes and, and Noah Fant's beating Devin Bush down the field, which Noah Fant's a good tight end. I'm not underscoring that. The defense is going to have, they have some warts as well. Joe Hayden, a lot of penalties. Mika Fitzpatrick had a call on him. Mike Hilton got beat. Now, Mike Hilton was great in run defense and blitzing. He got beat a couple times in coverage. The Steelers are still a work in progress. The Steelers are still a work in progress. But it's something that uh, my old buddy Lance Williams, who we used to do post-game shows with all the time, he would say this ad nauseum. Win and correct. Win and correct. And it's true. It's 100% true. If you can win ugly, man, that's the best way to win. Yeah, would it be great to blow a team out? Sure. Sure. But i got to be honest. I've said this before on the show. I, I've, I'm a, I've been a coach. I coached. Uh, I was a head high school lacrosse coach in the state of Maryland, which if you know anything about Maryland, they're, they're huge in lacrosse. And uh, I was men's lacrosse. And there were some times where I would almost say that if I, I was okay with my team winning ugly because it gave me something to really drive home the next week. I hope that makes sense. I hope that I, that I said that well enough that everyone that's driving or sitting at their office or sitting at home is like, that makes total sense. You know, cause if you blow a team out, when a coach goes to the film room and the players walk in and you're trying to find stuff that they, yeah, you could probably do this better, better, better. Hey, but the players are sitting there and, and these guys are no different. They're no different. If they would have stomped the Broncos 49 to seven at Heinz field Sunday, I'm, I swear they would have walked in and be like, what else we need? What, what, what do you want to talk about coach? The one touchdown we gave up. Come on. I mean, seriously, like we, we just completely dominated them. That would have been the mindset. And that's natural. That's part of that's, that's being an athlete. That's understanding the situation. But at the same time, I think the Steelers now, I mean, you win an ugly game, you're two and oh, and boy, the coach is going to have a lot to really go over and get them focused for their biggest game yet coming up in week three with the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson coming to town. So. The Steelers throw style points out the window. They throw style points out the window. But I, let's let's dive into this identity crisis that I feel like the especially the offense is having right now. They don't know what they're doing. They, go back to week one. I think they threw the ball 32 times, ran it 30. It's about as close to balance as you can get in today's National Football League. They ran it well. Benny Snell had over 100 yards that game. It, it was balanced. That's it, ex- exactly what it was. And so... I know that uh, Dave Schofield on our postgame show yesterday, he said he thought the Steelers, you know, I think Ben threw for 41 times. He thought that the, the Steelers threw the ball too much. He just didn't ah, They just threw it too much. Okay, I understand that. But at the same time, when you look at the offensive line issues the Steelers are having, right tackle, right guard, brand new. Chooks Okorafor has started before, but he's brand This is his first start of the season. Kevin Dotson has played in one professional game leading up to week two and he's getting his first career start i'm not sure you want to go into a game plan or go into a game with a game plan of we're going to run 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 
when you don't know what it's going to look like. Kevin Dodson played great, by the way. Chooks Okorafor played great, by the way. The right side was not an issue on Sunday. However, I do think that the Steelers, and, and you look at the Denver, I think this is almost an opponent-by-opponent opponent thing, too. Denver's defensive strength is their front seven. So why would you want to bash your head against a wall? You're going to want to throw, especially with the fact that they don't have A.J. Bouye in the back end. He's hurt with a shoulder, so they're depleted in the secondary. Very young, and the Steelers have a ton of offensive weapons. I guess the, the thing that you have to ask is, what is it going to be moving forward? Is it going to be week by week? Or is it going to be a, look, this is this is what we do best. This is what we do best, and this is how we're going to operate from an, as an offense. And this is how we're going to make sure that we keep defenses guessing. We're not going to go to the well too many times. Sometimes I really feel like that's Randy Feetner's ML. A play works a couple times. Okay. The other team's a professional team too there, coach. And if Ben's checking into it, that can go on Roethlisberger. But you're not going to fool an NFL team that's a legitimate defense too many times with the same play. But I feel like sometimes the Steelers go to the well one too many times. I, I think that a lot of it comes down to just correcting mistakes. Think about the first opening series offensively for the Steelers. Deontay Johnson fumbles, fumbles the handoff and immediately puts them behind the chains. It's those mistakes that are absolutely killers for a drive, especially on an opening drive. And that was that jet sweep. And believe it or not, if you watch that play again, it was open. It was there. Deontay Johnson probably would have gotten at least six, seven yards, if not more, on that run. Just a horrible exchange. And it wasn't on the quarterback. He I, they teach you that in middle school when you're learning how to play tackle football is how to get a handoff. But nonetheless, the Steelers are looking for their identity. They're, they're really searching, and, and it's ha- it's going to happen at its own pace, but you got to wonder when it's going to click. It's going to click at some point. As long as Ben Roethlisberger's healthy and the skill position players are healthy, it's going to click at some point, but at what point is it going to click? And this brings me back to my last topic before I go take a break. And that is, at what point are Steeler fans going to say, okay, Ben's expectations are back to where they were in 2018? Now, Ben Roethlisberger has been, I, I think he's been really, really good in the first two weeks. In week one, everyone knew it was gonna, there was going to be rust. The first half was really questionable. I thought he took a big step forward in week two, that he looked better. He looked uh more calm in the pocket. He didn't have the jitters, but there's a lot of people that, you know, you, they see the missed throws, you know, Deontay Johnson, the third down play throws it a little bit behind him. Um, he, he overthrew a couple passes. This is all him getting reacclimated to the game. When you take almost an entire calendar year off from not just playing an NFL game, but throwing a football, it's going to take time and you can never simulate gameplay without an actual game. So Steeler fans have to ask themselves, at what point are they going to say Ben should be, quote unquote, air quotes here, back? When should Ben be back? Some might say it should be done already. He's got two games under his belt. Let's go. The expectations are right back where they should always be. He needs to play better or he needs to do this better. What is that line of demarcation for you as a fan? One game? Two games? Three, four, half a season? Are you someone that says, hey, look, this whole year is going to be a 
getting him getting thrown back into the fire. I mean, th- this is honestly something that you can only answer. It's a rhetorical question. As for me, I think that after two games, I would expect him to continue to make progress. I'm never going to say he should be back by this date, this week, this opponent. But at the same time, I look at it and say, okay, so he he looked a certain way in week one, and now he's looked a certain way in week two. And I definitely think that was a step in the right direction from week one to week two. And so next, you're looking for another step in week three when the Texans and Deshaun Watson come to town for the Watt reunion. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. But when we come back after this break, we're going to continue to talk about this game with a little winners and losers. Some played well, some not so much. We'll talk about it right after this break. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back. Jeff Hartman, the second segment of our Let's Ride podcast. The day after the game, Steelers win 26-21. They're 2-0. and Time to get excited. It's really time to – I think that a lot of times Steelers fans, and maybe I started the show off the wrong way today. Um, I think Steelers fans are not really sure what to think today. They're the kind of thing like, well, they won. That's awesome. We're proud that they're 2-0. and We're pumping our fists all the time. But at the same time, there felt like something was off. Felt like something was off. I was talking to my wife yesterday because she's running around with our five kids. And after the game comes in, she says, hey, did they win? I'm like, yeah, they won 26-21. She goes, that's good. How'd they play? And I said, ah, I don't really know. <laughs> she said, what do you mean? You just spent three and a half hours in front of the TV typing on a computer. How do you know? And I was like, they played well at points, and then they played really bad, too. I said, it's. Really tough game to digest. This is a weird one. This is a weird one. So we're going to go and break to, break this down. Winners and losers. The winners played well. Losers, not so much. Let's get to it. So the winners. We're going to start off with the pass rush. I mean, my goodness. I, I, I talked about some of these statistics earlier in the show. They had seven sacks. Uh, a couple of those against Drew Locke before they knocked him out of the game. Uh, I think maybe just one against Locke. The rest were against Driscoll. Driscoll made some bad mistakes. I mean, there were some sacks that he took. The sack he took in, on first and goal was just awful. He got to throw that ball away. But he he's a backup. He's a backup. They got away with it. Seven, I think it's seven sacks, um, 11 quarterback. I'm sorry, 11 tackles for loss, 19 quarterback hits. They gave up 21 points, though. That, that's a that's a high watermark. I think the Steelers, if, if, if I'm the coaching staff, I'm like, if we can keep them off 20, Keep teams off 20, we're going to win most games because I think the offense is going to be good for at least 20 or 21 every single week. So if we can keep them off 20, they didn't do that. But I think the pass rush, boy, did they show up in a big way. Are they blitzing too much? I don't know. If it, It's hard to say yes when it's working. The Steelers pass rush, pass rush whether it's Watt with two and a half, Dupree had another, Tyson Alawalu had another sack. 
Hilton got in on the action. Tremendous stuff. Pass rush is definitely a winner. Now, I mentioned this player in the first segment. I'll bring him up again. Everyone's talking about Kevin Dotson. Rightfully so. But let's also not forget about Chuksa Korafor. I have both of them as winners in the same category because Dotson was, he got a game ball, which is pretty awesome. You think about the story of Kevin Dotson, and I'll get to him in a second. It's pretty incredible. But still, Chuksa Korafor was basically left for dead. He loses the, the right tackle battle with Zach Banner. And everyone says, boy, what a waste. What a waste of a pick. This kid was supposed to be a great right tackle, was supposed to fill in the, the giant shoes of Marcus Gilbert to be that right tackle for the Steelers for years to come. And he can't even beat a journeyman tackle with Zach Banner. And everyone just said, yeah, okay, he's just going to be the swing tackle. He played great. I thought he had a great game. He, I didn't see the Steelers giving him a ton of extra help. With that said, did, is the Denver pass rush awesome? I'm not going to go that far. But their strength is their front. And I thought they ran the ball well. Uh, when they did have some big runs, especially James Conner's run, it was on the right side. Keep that in mind. I thought Chooks Okorafor did a great job. It, was a, he, it wasn't too big for him. He has started games before, and I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers will be just fine at right tackle. Now let's go to that other winner on the right side. None other than Kevin Dotson. Okay, so Kevin Dotson grew up a Steelers fan. His, he, he even said, he goes, I think my dad might be one of the biggest Steelers fans I've ever met, and that's including after he got drafted. He gets a game ball for his win. I mean, just incredible stuff. I mean, incredible. There's the story, just the story. He's not even invited to the combine. Okay, he's not even invited to the combine. He's not good enough. He gets drafted in the fourth round. He gets hurt in training camp. He thinks that his season might be over after a knee injury. He has to sit out about two weeks of the four weeks of training camp. And then all of a sudden, he gets thrust into the starting lineup after Stefan Wisniewski gets put on IR with a pectoral injury and David DeCastro is still out with a knee. That's pretty... Let's just put it this way. I don't even know if Disney would accept that script if you took it to him. They'd say, this is not believable. You need to go somewhere else. But that's exactly what's happened with Kevin Dotson. And kudos to him for, I said that for Chooks for it wasn't too big for him. Certainly wasn't too big for Kevin Dotson. He looked tremendous. Um, I know that Jeffrey Benedict is already done a film room that's going to be running on Monday. If you haven't checked that out on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, check it out. Jeffrey Benedict, who knows a lot more about the X's and O's than I do, as well as KT Smith, um, or Cliff Harris is still a punk on Behind the Steel Curtain. He, they both said it was just glowing remarks of Dotson. So when I hear that, the Steelers have done something right by drafting the kid, and it looks like they might have their guard for the future, but Kevin Dotson definitely finds his way onto the winner's list. TJ Watt, I could probably just keep this in uh, on my article and just because I do the winners and losers article for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I could probably just keep TJ Watt's name there every single week. But I think that he has to earn it every single week. Two and a half sacks. I mean, he was he was all over the place. This is what the defense has come down to. It has come down to literally pick your poison. How do you want to die today? Is what offenses are looking at. Do you want to die by TJ Watt? Or do you want to die by Bud Dupree? It almost seemed like the Broncos came into this game saying, Dupree's not going to wreck the game. We're not going to let Dupree do what he did on Monday Night Football against the Giants. So guess what happens? 
TJ Watt gets two and a half sacks. That's kind of what this defense is turning into, and it is a tremendous issue. It's not even an issue. It's, it's awesome to see. It's awesome to see. So the Pittsburgh Steelers have two bookend pass rushers, but TJ Watt, I mean, he's just he's just playing out of his mind. When you watch, go back and watch the highlights. Even if you just go to NFL.com and you watch the, the breakdown where they show a lot more plays than most highlight packages because, well, they own the product. Just watch Watt on every play. Not only does he get held a ridiculous amount, but he has a counter move for everything the offensive tackle does. He's so disruptive, and he's a winner. Chase Claypool, I'm going to put him on the winner's list for sure. He had the big 84-yard touchdown catch, which was the longest play from scrimmage by any Canadian-born player in the NFL in NFL history. That's pretty remarkable. Also, let's not overlook, though, that Chase Claypool has been really, really good on special teams. Coverage units, he's making tackles. He's get, This is something that uh, Coach Brian Kelly of Notre Dame said when they drafted Claypool. And this is something that Claypool has honestly said as well. And that is, I'm not afraid of playing special teams. I don't mind playing special teams. And it made me want to like, you hear the, the, the tire screeching. They say, what? Did an NFL rookie, a second round pick, the top pick for the Steelers just say, I'm okay playing special teams? No one says that. No one says that. <laughs> when you get to be a pro... Eventually, special teams becomes like, oh, it's a bore. It's it's a it's definitely a burden. Not for Chase Claypool. This kid is not only smart. He's not only a freak of an athlete and a freak of a human being when it comes to size, speed, and athleticism, but he's also a team-first guy. He'll play special teams. He'll be the gunner. He doesn't care. He's going to go down and make a tackle to help his team win. That's the MO for Chase Claypool, and that's why he's on the winner's list. Last winner, I'm going to go with Mike Hilton. He was all over the place. He was all over the place. And I'm telling you what, this kid is something else. He is proving. You know, I actually said this before, that when you talk about the, the do you want Cam Sutton or do you want do you want Mike Hilton? And I always said that Sutton brings more versatility. He's a better, better coverage corner. While Mike Hilton might have his issues in coverage, what he brings along the line of scrimmage, he's proving it is very, very valuable. Very valuable. So I think that Mike Hilton, he has played great in these first two games. He has been all around the ball. He's been blitzing a ton. He times blitzes so well. And it's because he's a smart player. Think about when Troy Polamalu used to do it. Troy would openly say uh, after he retired that he would watch film. He would know cadences. He would know and get tendencies as to what kind of counts they would do with certain downs and distances. When players are that intuitive, they can use that to their advantage. Throw in the fact there's no crowd noise. Hilton's going to be able to get a jump on a lot of these uh, pass rushing techniques that he's already mastered. Mike Hilton, he had a great game. He's a winner. Absolutely. Let's go to the other side of the docket now, the losers. These are, it was tough for me to pick straight up losers. I did focus on certain aspects of the game too, so bear with me here. And like The first one is penalties. Absolutely penalties were an issue with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's because they just had untimely penalties. It was really unbelievable when you think about Joe Hayden gets called again for another third down pass interference call that continues a drive. Listen to these numbers. The Steelers were penalized 10 times for 89 yards. 
10 times for 89 yards. Now, were all of those justified? Probably not. But at the same time, they all occurred. They were all called 89 yards, 10 penalties. That's not going to win you many games. Thankfully, the Steelers did just that and left Hinesfield with a win. Next loser, Benny Snell Jr. I could not have predicted this if I tried. But my goodness, for Benny Snell to have such a good game on on Monday night, week one, and then to follow that up with this. I talked about it in the opening. Shooting themselves in the foot. They get the safety. Deontay Johnson with a nice return off the punt. And now with the first play, Snell coughs it up. And it wasn't as if he got surprised. It wasn't as if that was a great play. Think of Marlon Humphrey on Juju Smith-Schuster last year in week five uh, against the Ravens where he caused the fumble. It was a great defensive play. I did not see that. But now Benny Snell is a fumbler after two weeks. And that's an issue. Mike Tomlin spoke about it in his post game. He said, this is a problem. We're going to have to do something to fix this. He, he, you know, he said, well, he's a young player. I get it. But at the same time, you cannot cough the ball up like that. That's bad. And that's why Benny Snell Jr. After being a winner after week one, finds himself a loser heading into week or heading into week three after the week two performance. Next, the secondary. Brian Anthony Davis kind of went on about this in our postgame show, and he said, I just, for the second straight week, he said, all of a sudden, we are seeing issues in the secondary. And that's, I can't disagree with it. I cannot disagree with it. I mean, it's not necessarily the quantity of numbers. For instance, Driscoll only threw for 256 yards, but he threw for two touchdowns. Um I don't think anyone would have thought that Driscoll would have that many yards, but at the same time, when you're playing from behind, you have to throw the ball. It were those clutch plays, those third down plays where you're thinking the Steelers are going to get off the field. And instead they complete that third down pass. The secondary has been exposed a little bit. And I don't want to say the word exposed too much because for me, exposed means that you're showing something that is always going to be there. I don't think this is what it's going to look like all the time, but they do have some issues to fix for sure. The Steelers secondary, Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson, Mike Hilton, Cam Sutton, Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, they all can be and need to be better. Absolutely. Now, last loser, I guess this falls on Randy Feetner, but it also falls on anyone else has anything to do with the game plan. Can someone tell me why the Steelers are not using Derek Watt as a fullback? Anyone, please, someone? Derek Watt is a very expensive special teams player at this point, and he's good at it. Don't get me wrong. He is already, you know, special teams tackles are his forte. He was the one that tackled the punter uh, for the safety. He had a big play on special teams on Monday Night Football with the tackle in the open field. It's not that that is not important, but when you cut Roosevelt Knicks and you sign an expensive fullback, why are you not using him more? When the Steelers ran the ball the best, think about James Conner in the second half, mainly in the fourth quarter. Guess who was in there? Derek Watt. James Conner runs well with a fullback. That has been well diagnosed. If you go back, Jeffrey Benedict of Behind the Steel Curtain and also on our Wednesday podcast, Know Your Enemy, he did an entire film room on the difference between Connor and Snell as runners. And he blatantly showed how Connor is better with a fullback. Snell, not so much. 
then why in the world aren't they using it? I don't, why aren't they using the fullback then? That's what I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. Please, someone, if you're listening to this and you say, well, I know why, send me a tweet at jhartman underscore P-I-T, or you can send me an email, go to behindthesealcurtain.com, click on my name under one of the many articles I've written, and you'll see my email address, and try to explain it. Because I have yet to hear anyone try to explain why. I'm not saying that they should be going full on Dan Kreider with Jerome Bettis here. But my goodness, if you're going to pay the guy to do a job, please let him do the job more than just in the fourth quarter when you're trying to ice the game. Mix it up. And let's throw one more caveat into this mix since we're talking about losers. Is that is that Derek Watt is also athletic enough to be more than just a blocker. He can carry the ball. He can also catch the ball to the backfield. Maybe these are wrinkles that they're going to unravel a little bit as the season goes on. But boy, I would like to see if you're looking for the running game to be anywhere close to where we hope it is as fans, you would think that they would do whatever they could to get there. And that might include using Derek Watt more, getting him on the field more, because he is not only just expensive, he's effective. And that's important. So there you have it, folks. That's the winners and losers for week two, the Pittsburgh Steelers. More losers than I'd like, but hey, what matters the most are the wins and the Steelers win again. They are 2-0 and as they host the Houston Texans week three. That's right, Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, and the Watt family reunion will be heading to Heinz Field for another 1 o'clock start. I cannot believe this game is a 1 o'clock start. You have all three Watt brothers playing in one game, and you're you're telling me that NBC didn't say we want that game or ESPN wanted that game or that CBS didn't say we want that at 415. I don't know. I don't make those decisions, but it's a one o'clock start. Everyone should be excited and everyone should also be checking out all of our stuff at behind the We're going to have film room breakdowns, um, analysis grades, winners and losers will be up there today on Monday, as well as all of our podcasts on our podcast platform. You'll have, um, Steelers hangover tonight live on YouTube. It'll air tomorrow on our audio side. You have the live mic tomorrow morning. I'll be back with you on Wednesday. It's a full slate, regular week. No more Monday nights. Everything is back to standard stuff. Monday through Friday, Monday through Monday through Friday. I, I joke. We literally are doing this 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, period. We want this to be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. For film room, for the site, for the podcast side. If there's ever anything you're like, man, I think they could do this better, seriously let me know. Because we want behind the seal curtain.com to be the best and the one stop shop. You don't need to go anywhere else because we have everything for you right here. That's what makes us proud. That's what makes me proud. So hopefully you check that out. I'm proud of the Steelers. They're two and zero. We'll see you back here on Wednesday for another episode of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, co editor of said website. In the meantime, be safe, be kind, and God bless. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.